1: Welcome to our show tonight. Um, I'm your host, Doris Hansen, and this is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And the title of our show becomes more and more relevant with every passing event in Mormon polygamy these days. You know, the love that God intended for a man to have for his wife is not evident, and actually it cannot be lived out in a polygamous household. There is a lot to talk about tonight in light of the new ruling last week by federal judge Wadoops, who made a very controversial ruling that effectively decriminalized the practice of polygamy in Utah. We're going to talk about this new ruling and discuss differing options and opinions, and we'll ask our viewer, for our viewers' opinions as time goes. Um, Permits and also talks uh, some about the ramifications as well. We'll also, if we can, answer emails and, of course, open up the phone lines to talk to our viewers. So first things first, there are a lot of mistaken ideas about women and their place in society and in the home that has been brought to us through the legacy of Joseph Smith and Brigham Young and other early Mormon polygamists. Some of these misconceptions are that women are inferior to men, that females are under God's curse because of Eve, that the word helpmeet that is used in the King James Bible means a lesser status of a lesser person, that women are to be subservient to men, and that it is the woman who must bow to the husband's demands no matter what that women can be their doormat or their whipping post and that <coughs> excuse me and that females are of less importance or less value in god's eyes than the male well we're here to demolish these errors because god made a female equal with the male the word help meet Which is used in King James does not mean slave, it doesn't mean pounding post, and it doesn't give the right for man to humiliate and undercut his wife. Polygamy does exactly those things. Helpmeet was used to describe Eve's place when Adam, with Adam, when God uh, created them and brought Eve to Adam. Helpmeet means equal to, it means suitable. It means corresponding to him, which means that what was said about Adam is also true of Eve. What the man lacks, she has. And what she lacks, he has. And the two of them are brought together, making one complete whole unit, a monogamous marriage. A husband, who damages and hurts and misuses and humiliates or abuses his wife, God says is equivalent to doing it to himself. God created marriage as a benefit for the man and wife, not for the lording it one above the other. Marriage is an equal partnership of one man and one woman, and this isn't so in polygamy. Polygamy damages the perfect monogamous marriage that God designed when he brought Adam and Eve together. And then along comes Joseph Smith prophesying that God said to reinstate polygamy. Well, those who know the Bible know that God never said that anywhere, at any time. And the leaders of early Mormonism, they went around all blustering about polygamy as being the only way of the gods. And then we have the leaders of contemporary polygamy groups as they're lusting after all of these young brides, saying that is God's only way to heaven. And now we have federal court judge Clark Wadoops, who last week ruled that parts of Utah's laws against polygamy are unconstitutional. This ruling effectively decriminalizes polygamy. It attacks the parts of Utah's law which makes cohabitation illegal. The judge wrote that while there is no fundamental right to practice polygamy, what it really comes down to is religious cohabitation. Well, that is Joseph Smith's polygamy. The judge said that simply living together doesn't amount to being married. That's funny, because the polygamists all call it marriage. In fact, they call it celestial marriage, which is what Joseph Smith called it. We're grateful that bigamy remains illegal in Utah, but that doesn't even touch what the polygamists are doing. Our co-host tonight, Earl Erskine, is with us, and I want to thank you for coming. And all the snow and the weather, (laughs) we all got here safely. And together. We are going to look at some opinions of this ruling by Judge Wadubs from a biblical viewpoint. We're going to look at it from a pro-polygamist viewpoint and from an ex-polygamist viewpoint as well as our own opinionated opinions. <laughs> so uh, first of all, uh, we're going to quote from Russell D. Moore who is of the Southern Baptist Convention. I think you've got yeah, that quote. Yeah, I've got
0: quote. The, that quote from uh, Russell Moore. It says, This is what happens when marriage becomes about the emotional and sexual wants of adults divorced from the needs of children for a mother and a father committed to each other for life. Polygamy was outlawed in this country because it was demonstrated again and again to hurt women and children. Sadly, when marriage is elastic enough to mean anything, in due time it comes to mean nothing.
1: And that's basically what's happened to our society, The marriage yeah. is, just, is just going, the, the, the guidelines and, and standards for it continues to be eroded. And he said that when marriage is elastic enough to mean anything, then it actually means nothing. And sadly in Utah, the meaning of marriage just took a nosedive. It really
0: did, and we've got another quote Uh, I'd like to read it says it's impossible for polygamy to be constitutional in the United States historically legally and constitutionally impossible this is for the simple reason that polygamy was illegal everywhere in the United States when the Constitution was enacted not only was it illegal it was a capital crime the punishment for polygamy was death everywhere in the nation in 1787 in 1878 in Reynolds versus US In which the supreme court upheld a federal law against polygamy the court flatly and correctly stated there has never been a time in any state of the union when polygamy has not been an offense against society and punishable with more or less severity in the face of all this evidence it is impossible to believe that the constitutional guarantee of religious freedom was intended to prohibit legislation in respect to this most important feature of social life. As if to nail the ruling down and to eliminate all doubt, the court added, so it is provided that plural marriages shall not be allowed. Any questions?
1: <laughs> That's what he was asking them. Any yeah. questions? Well, Judge Wadoop and the the article goes on to say, um, Judge Wadup's who got who gutted uh, Utah's polygamy law in his ruling last Friday, cited both the first and the Fourteenth Amendment in his act of black robed tyranny. But the First Amendment has never been amended so it means the same thing today. The the, the same thing that it meant in 1789 and in 1878. Now there's some technocrats who may argue that Judge Wadup did not legalize polygamy, he only decriminalized it. And that is a distinction without a difference. So let's not pretend that this ruling is anything other than a rabid judge imposing his own moral views on the rest of us and redefining marriage against the will of the people two questions why has the mormon church not criticized this ruling all the church has said is that it is not identified with the polygamous family that launched the lawsuit one cannot help but wonder if the church has stopped resisting the homosexual agenda in the quiet hope by some in leadership that this very day would come when an activist judge would springboard off homosexual activism and legalize polygamy thus vindicating their religion in its original form. This article came from uh, one com uh, slash perspective. So they had have quite an, an interesting <laughs> viewpoint here.
0: Yeah, this is just not a, it's affecting a lot of different, and Canada d- had dealt with some of this earlier in the last year or two, mm-hmm. the same issue of, mm-hmm. of sorts and yeah. so. Yeah. certainly ruled against it.
1: They did, absolutely. <laughs> they did. And you know, I've been asked this question many times in this past the past week about what does the LDS church have to say? Of course, you know, when anything like this comes <laughs> up, they they'll come and ask me questions about it. And as but the the LDS church hasn't made they haven't criticized it, they haven't clapped their hands over it. They they the, the 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 lds.org has has put an article about polygamy about that, but they haven't stood up and made any kind of statement for or against this ruling. Um, What's interesting is they've always preached that polygamy would come back. I mean, I've had missionaries come to my door that said, oh, it's coming back in the millennium and I can't wait. Well, at least
0: the millennium, yes.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) so, and, and I've had some tell me that or when it becomes legal again. Now, well, that's probably a person's opinion. I'm not saying this is the church's right, opinion, church. but I'm, I'm just saying what I what I hear people say to me. Yeah. So, what is the? I mean, it'd be nice to know what the LDS Church's um, opinion is. Their their official opinion of this is this a step in the direction of getting polygamy back? Uh, what is their official stand? A pro. Polygamous groups, of course, are excited about Judge Watub's decision, and all the polygamists are. They claim it that that it will affect the lives of polygamous families in the state by removing the threat of arrest. Now, Anne Wilde is a pro polygamist she has been for years. She's a principal voice,s and this is what she said. And I quote: "Polygamous families have lived under the threat of arrest for decades." and no longer have to worry that someone will knock on their door and take away their kids because the ruling decriminalizes polygamy in Utah. Well, that polygamists have been under threat of arrest (laughs) is pure rubbish. Not in Utah. (laughs) When was the last time a polygamist was hunted down and children taken from a family in Utah simply because he lived polygamy? Now, child abuse? Yes. Um, Child brides? Yes. Few and far between. I'm, I'm here to tell you. Few and far between. But for that purpose, yes, that has happened. But not for living polygamy. That, That's just a scare tactic. And you know what the polygamists do best is use scare tactics. Yeah. And it's funny that she said that, too, because Attorney General, when Mark Shirtlift was in office a few years ago, told all the polygamists in Utah, don't fear. We're not going to come after you. He told them that, we're not going to come after them. So... He's, he made his stand right there.
0: So she was uh, not really being honest no, about that. Yet. No,
1: there, there wasn't any honesty in that remark. Yeah. Uh, now from polygamy.org, there is a very yeah. good website for anybody who wants to go on there and learn more about uh, the, the real issues that's facing us regarding polygamy. Anyway, I, they have a, a, an article on there, and they've entitled yeah. this new ruling, Here Comes the Storm
0: this will be interesting here it says the recent court ruling to decriminalize polygamy was not about the victims of polygamy nor the abuses they have endured but rather it's about the continued empowerment of male privilege in the state of utah The one-sidedness of this hearing and its decision should be an embarrassment to all citizens in the state of Utah and the United States. The decision to decriminalize polygamy gives permission for all polygamists throughout the United States to find sanctuary from the law by living in the state of Utah. While the rest of the country is moving towards equality, Utah is moving backwards because of their historical and religious beliefs in polygamy. There's a long history of Utah of, of implicit inequality and lack of women's rights. We hope for an appeal of this ruling immediately through the help of a legal team that's going in outside of Utah, coming yeah, in from Yeah, and, and we Utah. do
1: hope that there will definitely, yeah. I haven't heard yet if it's gonna happen, but regarding the fact that polygamy has been a felony in Utah, and, and that's against the law. Felonies is a, a pretty serious crime. Uh, as established by the law, like you in the article you read, you know, always polygamy has been illegal in this country. We want to read a a comment from a friend on Facebook, and this is what she said. Quote The polygamists say they want to be left alone, but so do other types of criminals. Why should they get preferential treatment? I do not believe the nation wants all the implications that this barbaric lifestyle has to offer, even if Utah thinks they are an island unto themselves.
0: That's an uh, interesting <laughs> comment, isn't it? All the criminals want to be left alone. Well,
1: and they do. I mean, yeah. who wants to be bothered right. if you're out there robbing a Doing bank? Or,
0: things.
2: <laughs> or yeah. making
1: counterfeit money or whatever. <laughs> and then, of course, Utah's Governor Herbert said, and I quote him, I'm always a little concerned when we have decisions that change public policy by the courts. I'd much rather see decisions on social issues come from our legislature, representing the will of the people. So I'm a little jaunticide. But I need to understand the arguments and logic and what the ramifications of this decision really will be for Utah. Well, we the people, do need to remember that the Utah State Constitution prohibits polygamy forever. That's the, wor- the wording in our Constitution. Only the people can legally change the Constitution of the state, not a federal judge. Now, we have viewers on our show from all over the country, from all over the world, actually. Yeah. And we have a, a quote here from an out-of-state viewer after this ruling.
0: This is on, she's She or he is only known as M. She. But she, okay. <laughs> yes. With all of this polygamy law that is happening, I have been thinking about you and know how discouraging it must be. Oh, the pain and heartache Joseph Smith brought to so many, and it will linger on until he is openly exposed as a fraud. When will, he, when will he once and for all be exposed and all of his wickedness be made known? It is so very evident that he brought forth polygamy to cover up his affair with Fanny Alger and to give him power over women and for power to become a god and to rule his own world. May the Lord answer our many prayers soon. God bless him. <laughs>
1: And that's someone who uh, understands the consequences of this ruling. And yes, she said that there's a, a lot of pain and heartache, and a lot of pain and heartache has resulted down through the years since Joseph Smith first brought polygamy into the Mormon culture. And we wonder how many more lives are going to be ruined because of polygamy. And with this ruling, it's going to be, it's gonna oh, be more of a lawful yeah. situation yeah. that they can be ruined. Now, let's go to our comments. <laughs> as as our viewers, all of our viewers should know by now, we hold events up to the Bible for clarification and for proper perspective. Now, there's many people who disagree with that, that we shouldn't bring we should be bringing the Bible into it. But it was Joseph Smith who brought God into it first, claiming that God told him. That saith
0: the Lord. That's right,
1: to reinstate polygamy as, as the prophets of old. And so, that's what we're going to do. And I believe you're going to be reading from Second Re- Timothy. Yeah,
0: Second Timothy 4, 3 through 4. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths.
1: Well, that's yeah. something that we see happening in our culture. It's turning from sound doctrine and, and truth and turning aside to myths is precisely what we see the culture in the Mormon West constantly doing. Last Friday was Friday the 13th. AND ALTHOUGH WE CHRISTIANS DON'T HANG TO ANY SUPERSTITION IN ANY FORM, IN ANY WAY, BUT IT WAS CERTAINLY AN APPROPRIATE DATE FOR JUDGE Wadoops TO DECRIMINALIZE yeah. POLYGAMY. NOW THE STORY OF MORMON POLYGAMY BEGAN WITH JOSEPH SMITH BACK IN THE 1830S WHEN HIS WIFE EMMA, AS WE TALKED, huh. FOUND, uh, SAW uh, JOSEPH SMITH AND his HER HUSBAND, and Emma, uh, FANNY ALGER, A 16-YEAR-OLD GIRL, IN THE BARN TOGETHER. JOSEPH SMITH SUBSEQUENTLY DECLARED THAT God's great prophets in the Bible had plural wives and God had reinstated polygamy in these last times for his people in Mormonism. He even told some of his prospective plural brides that an angel from heaven had appeared to him with a flaming sword threatening to kill him on the spot if he didn't get with the program and start taking more plural wives. Well, today's polygamy groups are following in his footsteps and they continue to take plural brides, as many as they choose. And they do call it celestial marriage, which is what Joseph Smith called it. Now, the judge was effectively uh, removed what little protection that women and minor females and children may have had in polygamous communities has now been effectively removed. Joseph Smith taught myths as truth, just as the scripture that Earl read predicted would happen. The court decision is totally deplorable, but are we surprised about it? No, not in the least. Does that change our ministry purpose and our focus? No, not in the least. Actually, in time, we will probably see more people trying to escape, since now the polygamists will use the law or the lack of the law as another reason to force their people to comply with their polygamist ideology. You know, some of the myths and ramifications of this ruling. Let's do some of the myths first. Mormon polygamy has never been about choice between adults. And that's what everybody's saying, oh, let the adults choose, whatever they want to choose.
0: It impacts children. It does.
1: It's never been a choice between adults, ever. But it's been coercion, abuse for the girls and the boys, because they're forcing their religion on them all. And like I said at the beginning, no nation uh, that has historically legalized polygamy um, actually, extends equality to women. Not one. Find one nation on the on the globe that does that. Utah has been set back in their global fight in our in the, our global fight of equal rights for women because polygamy is not about equality at all. People don't understand Joseph Smith's polygamy, which is Mormon polygamy.
0: Yeah.
1: There's other kinds of polygamy. Right. You know, Muslim polygamy and, right. and 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 just people who want to do it, but but there, this Mormon polygamy is different. Their doctrine has made polygamy a requirement. You will be condemned yeah, if you okay. don't do it. The court ruling has not changed that. No. It hasn't changed it at all. Polygamy is totally patriarchal, meaning the men command it, the women and children are expected to obey without question. Utah will now be the magnet. For polygamists yeah, around the world
0: an interesting pro- prospect <laughs> people, up go our taxes yeah people coming in
1: I uh, go our support for the huge mushrooming families of polygamous men up go the medical costs yeah you know the, the polygamous men uh, we we've had guests on our show recently we had one guest where she her father had uh, has over 350 wives or children excuse me Wow Another guest where her father had over 150 children. Two men, 500 kids. These families are mushrooming. And guess who's paying for their food stamps? And guess who's paying for their medical costs?
0: Because other than the first wife, all the rest of them are single women, according to the state.
1: According to the state, that's right. Interesting. So, and then, uh, like you mentioned, Judge uh, Bauman in Canada realized the hurt uh, and the pain um, and the inequality that polygamy causes among the women and the children, and he did not, he refused to allow it to be part of Canada's constitutional rights.
0: Yeah, good for him.
1: Judge Wadups, however, maintained that the right to cohabitate, um, but what about the inherent rights of thousands and thousands? and thousands of women and children and child brides who are forced and guilt-tripped into unwanted cohabitation.
0: Well, I think that's your point about this uh, being guilt-tripped into it because they believe this is their way to return to God, or Mm -hmm. in their case, return to God, and that's such a deception. Because it certainly isn't.
1: And, and And it is. It's coercion and guilt. And you know, to force any kind, to force any kind of sexual activity on someone else is a crime against God any kind, it's just wrong. Utah's dominant religion has historically been patriarchal. These religionists have an atrocious history of, uh, uh, of failing to value or protect women and children, and now this new court ruling merely maintains and sustains that barbaric legacy. Thank you, Joseph Smith. You know, we've had several folks ask us about TLC's new show about polygamy called yeah, Breaking, Breaking the
0: Faith. The faith yeah.
1: I don't know if you've had an opportunity to see it. I haven't it. seen it, no. I haven't seen it either. I don't have cable, but um, so I haven't had a chance to watch the program. So I'm unable to make a personal judgment or observation about it. However, I am hearing much about it from people who I trust, who have an objectivity in their comments. And so, one of the best comments that I've heard about it is from the website Polygamy.org. Another good site you could go to to find out information. And this is what they let me read they that they say:
0: From our perspective, TLC's breaking the faith is both positive and negative. One of the benefits of this show is the first-hand account it provides to the public about the FLDS group from the perspective of young women or young men and women. Breaking the Faith is unlike most reality shows because it involves reenactment. The series is based on and acted out by real people who have left the FLDS group and are helping others leave. TLC's goal is to provide entertainment and make money. We hope the young adults tell their stories with integrity and are treated with respect. Leaving an abusive situation and helping others is to be commended. Retelling personal trauma in front of the media and helping others who have experienced similar abuse can also lead to psychological distress. We don't look fondly on any person, organization, or company that exploits individuals escaping polygamy for their own gain. So we hope that whatever behind-the-scene agreements made with TLC will improve the lives of all survivors involved.
1: And I've heard um, from different people who have watched the show, pro and con, of uh, what they think about the, this. Uh, they say at least it's better than glorifying polygamy like their previous shows have been. Uh so Please tell
0: some truth. Huh, so
1: at some point I'm going to be able to watch the shows from the beginning and then I'll be able to give a better <laughs> idea of what it is. But when, when any show can come on and tell the truth about polygamy, it, there's got to be some good in it. But if they're just covering it over and whitewashing it or if there's um, some kind of something behind um, the the whole agenda, then I'm not so sure it's a good idea.
0: Yeah, we've certainly heard, or you've had some wonderful guests on your show that have shared really what, what happens in mm-hmm. polygamy groups. Yeah, so yeah. Hope, hopefully that comes out.
1: Hopefully it does too, yeah, yeah. I hope so. Well, we're going to open the telephone lines now and then we're going to... Um, uh, listen to what our viewers have to say about this new court case. We have some emails to read if we have the time to do it and of course uh, find out uh, what what you think about this court ruling. Uh, when you call in, please stay on the topic of polygamy. Um, whether it's today's polygamy or early Mormon polygamy or Joseph Smith's or the Kingstons or Brigham Young or or biblical polygamy of, and of course the court case, we'll talk about it, but please stay on the topic. And if we don't know the answer to a question that you might have, uh, that's okay because we will find out the answer and let you know. So we're gonna open up the phone lines. Our number's 801-973-8820, uh, 801-973-TV20. Give us a call and we have our message to share with you while we're waiting for the calls to come in.
2: You are watching Polygamy, What Love Is This? Broadcasting live from Salt Lake City, Utah. This program is the broadcast outreach of A Shield and Refuge Ministry. Shield and Refuge is a point of first contact for Mormon fundamentalists who question the doctrines of the religion or who are actively seeking for an opportunity to escape the polygamist lifestyle. Examining the claims of fundamentalist doctrine against the backdrop of biblical truth is central to our efforts. We invite you to contact us. Call toll-free at 877 877- 425 or email us at tv at polygamy.com. We want you to know that we have made available to you some outstanding resources free of charge. You will find them at our website www.whatloveisthis.tv There you will find the DVD Lifting the Veil of Polygamy which documents the real-life stories, told firsthand, of those who were lifted out of the culture of polygamy through the power and love of Jesus Christ. Also, free of charge to you, is the booklet, Is Polygamy Biblical? It explores plural marriage in the context of God's Word and answers questions like, Did God ever command polygamy? Is it part of God's plan? While you are at our website, make sure to take advantage of the archived episodes of this program which can stream, on demand, directly to your computer. There are more than 100 shows to choose from. And if someone you know is unable to view this program via live broadcast, recommend that they visit this same website every Thursday at 8 p.m. Mountain Time to watch this show through live streaming video. Simply follow the links to the live streaming video page. If you are watching live tonight, We invite you to call us as we open our phone lines. The number is 801-973-TV20. That's 801-973-8820. Now, back to Polygamy, What Love Is This? with our host, Doris Hansen.
1: Welcome back to our show, Polygamy, What Love Is This? I am your host, Doris Hanson, and with our co-host, Earl Erskine, we've been talking about the latest ruling by federal court judge that effectively decriminalizes polygamy and the ramifications and the problems and we just touched the surface of, of the problems that's going to arise from this ruling it's it's It'll not be interesting good. to
0: see how it all plays out like governor herbert said right <laughs> and, and
1: hope that uh, they appeal and that of course that would make a whole whole new ball game you know a shield and refuge ministry that our half uh, that our our um, message talked about in the break uh, the shield and Refuge Ministry provides polygamists with the opportunity to escape, and when they need to, to get out or they want to get out, we help them do it. And we don't exploit those that we help. We do it secretly when necessary. We do it silent, with a with without a bunch of hoopla to, uh, wrapped around it. We do it confidentially when it's required. We help men, women, families, children, boys, anybody that we can legally help. We do, and we don't force any religious beliefs on anyone. But we do however, give them peace of mind by showing them big, biblically that they have not displeased God by getting out of the polygamy group. And that is really very easy to prove. The ruling by Judge wadoops hasn't changed our purpose at all. We will continue to help polygamists escape and we will continue to provide the biblical truths regarding the false gospel of polygamy for salvation. Now we are as a ministry in the, the planning process process of obtaining a safe house facility where we can house multiple families that want to escape polygamy so that we can offer them private accommodations either short-term or long-term uh, after they leave depending upon their needs. If anyone uh, of our viewers is interested in helping with this expense and the expenses will be huge uh, you can go to our website whatloveisthis.tv and make a, a tax um, uh, deductible donation you can be sure and say that it's for our safe house you can either make it there or you can mail it to post office box 651292 salt lake city 84165-1292 or if you would like to make a donation to help keep our program on the air you can do the same thing go to their website or mail it to us just be sure and designate your uh, your uh, contribution as being for the television show now we do have an email,
0: we do that, that has is a few scriptures in it. Yeah.
1: that we hear this so often in on the show, in emails and in conversations. I thought that we'd <laughs> visit it once again on the show.
0: Well, you'll be intrigued by this, I'm <laughs> sure, and the answer will be also intriguing. In on November fourteenth, this is from John. He says, "Huh? Wait, wait, wait." You talk about not needing any works to reach salvation and only faith in Christ, yet John in the Bible teaches that faith without works is dead. I think that's James. It is in (laughs) James. So it looks like I can believe all I want, but if I do nothing, it does me no good. My favorite line was, we are only to follow Christ and no one else, so I guess we can't follow the Bible since it was written by prophets and apostles, right? Right. We shouldn't follow Joseph Smith's teaching since he was only called of God. He isn't Jesus. The constant contradiction makes this show for a good laugh. For your information, polygamy is in the Bible and okay if called by God. Genesis 16. Uh, Twenty-five and one, Deuteronomy twenty-one fifteen, and my favorites, Isaiah four one through two. I believe it says he shall have seven wives, and that day shall be glorious and beautiful. <laughs> Again, polygamy is only okay if called of God. This show only works for those who can't do their own homework and believe anything.
1: Well, I could say that right back because there's a lot of errors that he made just in that. Just for instance, the quote that he said was in John is actually in James. And of course, we're extremely happy that he's getting a good laugh, but I think that he's uh, laughing at the wrong stuff. And we always will beg to differ on works versus grace for salvation. Those who don't like God's message of salvation by grace uh, will always quote this verse in James, uh, but they always forget the other verses as well. So let's visit James first. The verse that he's talking about, James two seventeen says, "Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone." Now that's the the verse they all go to. Yeah that this says, well, you know, James isn't even talking about salvation. It's not talking about how to get saved. It's talking about how to prove you're saved. That's what James is all about. Context is so important. And we wonder why they use the verse in James uh, so frequently, but other verses in the Bible are totally ignored. And let's go to some of those. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10 says... For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works. Shall we underline that? Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. Now verse 10 is saying that God tells us that when we're saved, he saves us to do good works. So, putting these verses together, which is what we're supposed to do, if we claim to be saved, which is what James is talking about, but we continue to live the same life after we're saved, James saying, you've got dead faith, you're not saved at all. Being saved changes us. God changes us from the moment that we become saved, He starts to change us from within, from our hearts. He gives us a new heart to love Him and to serve Him. And works can't accomplish that, but grace can. And in Titus chapter 3, verses 5 through 7, we have these verses Not by works of righteousness which ye have done, But according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. It isn't works that saves us. These are very clear verses. Nor is it works that helps us uh, stay saved. Jesus Christ is the Savior, which means that He saves us by His works, not by our works. Now, this is what James 2.17 is all about. If a person claims to be saved, but his life doesn't show it, then his faith is a dead faith. In other words, it isn't real and he isn't saved at all. Now, the the saved are those who invite God into their hearts and lives, they repent, they love God, all who try to earn eternal life will fail, it won't happen, it can't happen. And here's some verses to prove that. Isaiah 64, 6. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Isaiah fifty-seven twelve. I will declare thy righteousness and thy works, for they shall not profit thee. Now those are very clear verses that your righteous acts don't impress God. It's what Jesus did that does. And we need to have faith in Him and trust in that. Philippians 3, 9 says, And to be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness, which is of God by faith. And that's what Ephesians says. We're saved by grace through faith. Over and over in the Bible, it tells us that Jesus Christ is the Savior. If we could be saved by our own good works, then we would be our own Savior. And we know that that is impossible. Now, regarding polygamy and and your quote in Isaiah chapter 4, you really need to read the context. (laughs) The context of those verses before, or the verses before and after the verses that you quoted. And when you do read the context, you'll see that God is talking about Israel thousands of years ago in the days after judgment against them. He judged the people for their unfaithfulness. They were at war with other nations and many soldiers, men, were, were, would be killed and were killed. And that, of course, leaves more women than men. Now, you can read it. Find this out for yourself. The judgment is also on the women. They are without provision and without the protection of a husband. Nothing in the text tells us that God commanded them to live polygamy. This is a result of war and hunger and lack of protection and the humiliation of both the men and the women for neglecting God. This is one of the worst passages anyone uh, can ever take out of the Bible to validate polygamy. It actually shows that polygamy is a result of God's judgment against them. And, and, and he says, well, polygamy in the Bible, so it's yeah, okay. Well, so is murder, so is rape, so is thievery, lying, cheating, cowardice, adultery, idolatry, and all of the other ugly sins that humanity has chosen to participate. But never in the Bible will you find a command to live polygamy or that it's necessary to get to heaven as Mormon polygamy teaches. We are saved 100% by grace through faith, Not by works, and that's the only way to be saved and to be guaranteed a place in God's heaven. Jesus saves our works, will damn us, they won't save us, they'll damn us. They won't, and and that's what Revelation chapter 20 is all about. If you want to read that, Jesus saved the thief on the cross before he died, and that thief had done nothing good until he recognized and testified to the fact that he was a sinner and Jesus was the Savior, and he asked him to save him, and Jesus did. God ignores self-righteousness as a way to heaven. And I hope that this explains John's question as yeah. well as the viewer's questions, uh, that the Bible contradicts itself because the Bible perfectly explains itself very well.
0: I think this was quite a, an adjustment in my thought process coming out of Mormonism, but uh, even for fundamentalists, I'm sure, to to think that Christ did all the work for all us, of, all paid of for all those, through His grace and His righteousness, mm-hmm. and it's nothing we can do. And then, as you said, we do good works after we're saved because we love God mm-hmm. and we love our fellow men. Right. That was a subtle change in my thought process that had to happen. And uh, it's a big change. I hope change. somebody else will it's make that little turn of the head right. and figure that out.
1: Exactly, yeah. and, and then, of course, uh, the the salvation experience, which is a real change inside, yeah. does change us. Right. and, and people People charge us with saying, well, you think that you can repent and then get saved and then do all the sin you want. Yeah. That's not the way it works not at all. Nobody saved. who's truly saved will ever have that.
0: And then your faith would be dead.
1: And then your faith would be dead sure. and you're not really saved at all. Yeah. Okay, we have a, um, on, on line two, we have Kay Brown calling. She wants to talk about something about um, this decriminalization. Hello, Kay. Hi, good Hi. show, Doris and Earl. Thank you. Thanks, Kay. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I've called in to just let you
3: know, um, you know, as you know, there are many men and women who are against polygamy, and a lot of us believe that the vast majority of people are against it. Um, So a few of us have put together a petition, and we're asking for uh, some heroic men to be willing to email us so that we can send them a copy of the petition that they can read over and then gather signatures uh, and a bunch of other people women included will be also gathering signatures for this same petition and then collectively we will give it to the uh, Utah State Attorney General and I have an email address okay. if they would like to um, email us so that we can send that off to them any anybody interested It doesn't have to be just men
1: mm-hmm well, you know, and, and you know what would be a big, a big noise in this valley would be if, if a bunch of Christian men really got together and started to uh, complain about the way these women are being treated. I agree completely. And that's why, yeah, that's I agree completely. They organize. So what is your email, Kay? It's called, it, this is, this is how
3: it goes. It's men and polygamy at gmail.com. So it's it's quite simple. It's just men and polygamy at gmail dot com, and I agree with you completely that um, I know the men want to step up. It's sometimes difficult to find an avenue, and we're giving them an avenue
1: to do that. Now, is that men and polygamy or men and polygamy? Men and, like it's going to stop. So it's men, E-N-D. And, E-N-D, polygamy. Okay, so uh, we had the the email on the screen, but it was with an A instead of an E, so I'm sure they'll put it back. Well, thank you, Kay, very much. Uh, And that's what we need to do. We need to start doing something to let the people know that this is not uh, acceptable.
3: Yes, and we'll appreciate anybody willing to help out with with this endeavor. It does take uh, a group to To be heard, and so we need as many signatures as we can get. Can get so, uh-huh. thanks, Doris. I okay. appreciate you very much.
1: Uh-huh. Thank you, thanks. Kay. Appreciate your call, and what you're doing. Good night. You bet. Okay, we have a off the air comment. Judge uh, Wadoops is LDS. He was a bishop and sponsored by Orrin. Hatch. I think. there are no non LDS judges. Well, I don't know how. There's no way that I would know whether that's true I or not, that but, either, but and that, that don't know that that makes any sense. But um, that I don't know that comment really is. <laughs> it doesn't tell us anything about what or why he made that ruling, or if it's going to make any difference in appealing, um, because the Mormon Church hasn't come out with a statement.
0: Right.
1: If they would come out with a statement officially, then it might make a difference, but who knows what's going to happen with that okay we have on line three mark calling from Salt Lake city mark here on the air
3: yes if you really want to have a tear up have have your listeners read the first few chapters of first samuel and just see how yeah. terribly that the, the first wife of whoever that man was the, okay. the father of Samuel.
1: Yeah, that, uh, that's a good point, Mark, and I'm th- I'm thank you for calling and saying but that. One other
3: comment, mm-hmm. uh, also having them read uh, J- the, the sad story of Jacob being uh, well, anyway, the Jacob story, and mm-hmm. Leah him having to have uh, Leah as well as Rachel.
1: Right, he didn't want that at all. He was hoodwinked into it. He didn't want it at all.
3: Yeah, well, okay, thank you.
1: Thank you Mark. Appreciate your call. And you know that story in First Samuel is in chapter 1 of yeah. First Samuel um, where uh, this man had two wives and one of the women couldn't get pregnant and the other one was having her babies. And she was tormenting and taunting the woman who couldn't get pregnant. And this woman was tearful. She would go pray in tears and begging God for a child. And and finally God answered her prayer and, and gave her Samuel. And of course Samuel became very important yeah. and b- biblical figure. But, but any point, any any polygamy family in the Bible, just like he mentioned Jacob and Leah, and mm-hmm. then Jacob and Rachel, and then and then uh, Bilhah and and the other wife that he got. Jacob never asked for any wife but Rachel. He's she's the only one he loved, and um, but he was tricked. Just uh, polygamy coerces and tricks people, and that's what happened. He didn't ask for it. Um,
0: And God certainly never commanded it.
1: He never commanded it. And the same with Abraham and Hagar. It was Sarah who gave Hagar to Abraham because she couldn't get pregnant. And God never told her to do that. In fact, when they say, do the works of Abraham, read in Galatians, where the works of Abraham is, take the slave woman and send her away and the son, which Abraham did, sent Hagar right. and his son away.
0: And she was always referred to as Sarah's handmaiden rather than Abraham's wife. Mm-hmm,
1: so, the text okay. might mention wife, but God yes. never refers it's to man her man. as his wife uh, because, it, and in fact, the word in there is a, a lesser, like a concubine. The oh. word in there is like a concubine, which is a lesser position than the wife than is. The wife. Which is what all polygamous wives are.
0: The other one I like about that we talk about it from time to time is Adam, Noah, and, yeah. and his sons. They all were monogamous. They were not. Poly- so. In
1: fact, we're going to do a show on that yeah. next year of uh, yeah. the the men in the Bible who weren't polygamous, and that should be an interesting <laughs> thing for people to say. Well, um, still some calls waiting, I guess, but we don't have any way- ready, so let's read the next email.
0: Okay, this is uh, from a Mormon, and. Uh, Uh, in another country actually and says, Dear Doris, Today I am watching episode 319 of your shows and I thought that I would make a comment regarding Christianity versus Mormonism or any other set of beliefs. I truly think that we don't believe just to believe. We also believe in a religion which teaches sound and good living principles. Namely, how on earth can we trust a religion that supported polygamy when we all know the problems and the pain it causes? I have watched enough of your shows to know how real they are and how much wiser and good are the teachings of monogamy compared to Joseph Smith's teachings of plural marriages and other harmful things therefore between choosing a religion that will harm me in many ways polygamy threats of damnation if I damnation if I drink a cup of coffee and a whole lot of other things and one that gives wise safe and good living principles monogamy and fidelity, temperance over the extreme word of wisdom, forgiveness over shunning and blood atonement. I much prefer choosing the second, namely the true Christian way over the harmful and extreme Mormon way. And being a woman, this choice has all the benefits.
1: And I would have to agree with her. It only makes sense that monogamy and fidelity is the wise and the safe and the godly living principles uh, that people should use to guide their lives who are truly seeking God's will in their lives. In fact, it is the Christian way, the less extreme way. Polygamy was never designed by God for humans. We just talked about some of that. Uh, It was cultural uh, in the Bible. God never commanded it. Only in Mormon polygamy is it deemed a requirement to please God and for exaltation. And um, right now we do have some calls. So let's go to line one. We have Catherine from Park City. Hello, Catherine. Hello? You're on the air, Catherine. Hello? You're on the air, Catherine. Can you hear me? You're on the air, Catherine. Hello? Catherine, you're on the air. (laughs) Can you hear me? Hello? Something must be wrong here. We can hear you, Catherine. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes? Hear me? Yes? Yes? Yes. Yay! Okay, very good. (laughs) Catherine, you're on the air. What's your question?
3: My question is this. Um, First of all, I love your show. Thank you. I am so um, moved by what you do and your knowledge of the scripture. Uh, I'm new to Utah. I moved here from the East Coast. Um, Not used to these Mormon ways. And my heart goes out to these children and women who are um, bound in this polygamy lifestyle, if you will. As an outsider living here, just moving here, what signs and symptoms can I look for if I'm shopping in a store that someone is desperately trying to escape, what can I do to help?
1: Well, you could call us, of course. Um, That would probably be the best thing to do. Uh, If they're trying to get escape, they're in immediate danger, Uh, then you can just offer them, uh, if they're of age, of course, you can offer them your own help as you're trying to get help. Uh, You can call the police. If the people want to get away and they're overage, then the police uh, could not force them to go back. But if they are underage, then they can force them to go back. Uh, As far as the signs, that would if, be individual there's something I'm just sometimes I'm shopping and I see and I'm, I'm wondering well, are they trapped or not some, I mean, of what, them,
3: I mean,
1: some of them are trapped. some of them don't want to get away some of them are trapped and they don't know how to get away they're afraid to um, there's just uh, there isn't any signs that I can give you unless somebody comes up to you and says help me Right. you know but anybody who does that you can always give us a call because that's what we do we help people get out of polygamy.
0: Okay. And like well, you, unlike Doris's introduction. You too,
1: it is amazing. And I just thank you. Thank you for calling. Uh-huh. And, oh, you had something to say. Well,
0: I didn't know if Catherine could hear this. But um, just like your introduction says that you had to choose between, you felt like you were going to hell giving up this lifestyle. So it's very difficult for these people who are, So uh, guilt-ridden as to their salvation requiring Mm -hmm. polygamy It is to walk uh, walk away, it it takes real courage.
1: It happens all the time where people want to get away and um, even at the last minute they'll say, no, I can't, I'm too afraid. And they're afraid of going to hell and they're afraid of losing their family, which Mm -hmm. is nonsense, absolutely nonsense. Both of it is. Um, we're getting close to the, um, to the end of the show, so I don't want to take a long, drawn-out telephone call, but there is one here from line two, from Jill from Salt Lake, who says define uh, decriminalization. Decriminalization is effectively taking the teeth out of the law. It's, um, the law uh, has called polygamy a felony and now they are saying and the, what polygamy does is is they don't get a marriage license for more than one woman the first wife is usually the legal wife and they have a marriage license that's a legal marriage but all the wives he takes after the legal wife is just religious cohabitation that judge wadu struck down as being unconstitutional. And there's a lot of ramifications with that too that, w- that we don't want to get into, but that's exactly what polygamy is, is religious cohabitation. Um, they force the people to do it. Now, decriminalizing it means that nobody can do anything about it if that's what they're doing. The law can't come after them. There's not a breaking of the law. There's a breaking of the law, but there's no penalty for breaking the law at this point.
0: And it allows the Brown family to continue on in their lifestyle without... fear of having the without, judges or anybody without ruling fear. against them. Yeah, know?
1: without the fear of the law. So that's basically what decriminalization is. And Jim from Spanish Fork, I'm sorry we don't have time to take your call uh, because we're reaching the end of our time. Thank you, Earl, for coming. My
0: pleasure. Appreciate. very interesting topic.
1: <laughs> and be and there'll be fear. more of it coming in the future. We uh-huh. have no doubt of that. You know, how often do you feel unworthy? Does your religion make you feel unworthy? You're beat down by pressure to better performance or according to the dictates of your church's rules and ordinances. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is called Good News. And the good news is that Jesus Christ did a work on our behalf on the cross 2,000 years ago. And that work is alone what fully pleases God. God is not seeking your human performance. In fact, God commands us to completely give up on trying to achieve worthiness, but instead to accept and then rest in His giving. Gift of righteousness which he gives to all who will trust that it is zero our performance and 100% His grace. If not, uh, it's not what we, all that we can do and God does the rest, that's His grace. It's that He does it all for us and that's His grace. Polygamists also embrace Mormon doctrine and it produces a heaviness and a deep sense of guilt, even entrapment, since their idea of grace is merely God's help and patience as you struggle to keep all the commandments. But God isn't like that. His grace is 100%, not you some and he some. It is, it, it, it is God, it's Jesus who makes us uh, unworthy people into worthy people and empowers us to goodness by revealing his perfect love to us. He doesn't burden us with impossible standards But instead, he woos us with unconditional love and total forgiveness for all who repent and completely trust in his grace as being 100% sufficient for eternal life. That's grace. A gift given is not a gift until it's received. So we pray that you will receive his gift of grace, mercy, and righteousness tonight. Merry Christmas and
0: good night.